Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Okay, we're back in our groove. Are you feeling groovy? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you positive? No. Okay, should we start over? <laughs> no, let's just ride this one out. <sighs> Things are falling out of my wallet. Wait, how do you keep like a, a dreidel in your wallet? <laughs> no, it's a wooden chip. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that's more normal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. The happiest show on earth. Welcome. <laughs> We're really thrilled to be here. Are you? <laughs> this is episode 32. It is 32. That is six times... What? It's not. Five, what's, what are you doing? 32. Eight and four is... is an Twelve. Nope. <laughs> Wait. Something is with 32. Eight and four. Oh. Six and 12 don't go into 32? Um, not really. Okay. Um, <laughs> never mind. Welcome to episode 32. It's 30 plus two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hi. Uh, this episode is sponsored by... Classic Kevin. Who has a podcast, right? CK, yeah. He has a podcast, a new podcast. It's called Mirths and Monsters. It's very good. It's really good. It's really funny. It's really funny, and we get shout-outs, and Geo even gets a shout-out. Um, so look it up on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, what are you drinking slash why do you drink? Let's just dive into it today. I'm drinking champagne because Blaze You're got... A- yes, go ahead. What? You're dabbling. You're lying. Because I've seen you switch between red and white a few times tonight. All right. <laughs> Why don't you hold your commentary to a minimum? <laughs> I'm drinking champagne because Blaze got a raise today. So, yay, Blaze. Yay, Blaze. Uh, also, uh, I'm drinking red wine because I went to the doctor finally. Still don't have my medication, but found out I have to uh, get a colonoscopy soon. Ugh. And they gave me this bag. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, I feel like I used to be kind of, like, not about TMI, but... But at this point in your life... Yeah. You know. I've moved on. Right. So you're just going to have to deal with it. That's fine. So this is what... No, tell me. I want to know. One day I'm going to have to do this when I'm 40 or 50. Okay, when you're 55 slash 60, so... Okay. Just 
prepare me now. Count your blessings. Technology will be vastly different by then, hopefully. (laughs) So I have to fill this with water Uh and drink all of it in a two-hour period. Oh, what is it? Uh, It's a laxative. What do they... You have to drink a gallon of laxative. (laughs) It's... I have to drink more than a gallon. This. How much is it? Wait. What's it supposed to taste like? Did they warn you of that? Yeah, it's not good. I can only eat yellow jello. That's weird. Yeah, because I can't have food coloring because when they go like look at Yellow your... is not a food coloring? Well, they can't have like red food coloring in it. Oh, oh right. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, and then I have to give myself three enemas. Nice. To myself. Yeah. the same bottle. Is that more or less shameful? Than what? Than having someone else do it for you. I mean, it's kind of shameful because, like... People... Like, at least you get to do it in the privacy. Yeah, but at the same time, people know I'm doing it, so it's like... Well, you just you just said it on, on the air. Only you so and I know I'm doing it. Right, no one's no gonna one hear this. No one else knows. Right. Okay. Just you and me. Hopefully my dad doesn't listen to this anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have to... My favorite is, the, is the, uh, the cartoon drawing of someone literally bearing down on the ground. <laughs> the nurse showed it to me and was like, lie down naked like this man in the photo. And I was like, I want to kill myself. You're... And Blaze was with me at the doctor, and I was like... I've decided I, I'm actually in a really good mood all of a sudden. <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Hey, God. <laughs> I want to... Ooh, there's a lot. Allison, you want to see this? Oh, I already showed Allison. She was not about it. She was She was like, bring it closer so I can read it. And then it was like... That's what I'm doing. I'm trying no. to read it. But she didn't know what it was, and then she read it and went, take it away. <laughs> I'm surprised the instructions don't say, like... <laughs> Wince and breathe heavy and pretend yeah. it's not happening. Please don't tell anyone about this, especially if you have a At podcast. At the very end, throw this away with the secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't tell us all. So that's why I drink, because I'm not going to be able to drink for 48 hours, nor am I allowed to eat anything but orange or yellow Gatorade or Jello or uh, clear. That's the only good part of any of this that I've heard. Clear broth. Well, I can eat Jello any day, but I can't. That's true. And Gatorade. Eat, eat this, orange Jello for the forty-eight thing, hours. It's such a massive jug. It's the, like a it's like a full gallon, like a milk gallon size of just this powder that I have to pour water into and drink all of it within two hours. Ugh. And she also goes, oh, it's also you have to start it at eight p.m. the night before. So then she's like, you probably won't sleep that night. And I was like, oh, oh no, that's fine. I've heard people talk about getting colonoscopies, colonoscopies before, but they've never gone into the depths of what it entails and i feel like if i got a colonoscopy everyone would be fucking hearing about it i mean the last one i had was six years ago so i was like mortified and my stepdad could make kept making jokes about it and i was ready to kill him and then my mom cooked spaghetti bolognese and i was so angry because i couldn't eat food so i was just like lying on the couch she's like i made spaghetti bolognese and i'm like great give me my orange jello i feel like for all the people i know who've had this procedure no one's told me about this jug this is really blowing my mind it's really disgusting like th- like more so than the enema because i expect the enema but this is just see a whole the last other one i had i had an enema too but i also had to buy six bottles of miralax and put that in water so it's probably similar i guess so. but i had to buy the miralax myself anyway one day when i have to have this when you're 60 when i'm 60 what year will that be like oh. three thousand five hundred. i don't know <laughs> As if I can do that math. I'm negative 50 hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why do you drink? <laughs> Not for that reason. Um, <laughs> Thank God. I drink for a good reason because Allison moved to LA. Yay. Look how cute she is. Look at her. Look at her face. Allison's over there distracting our dog. Yeah. Our dog. Our dog. Oh, oh, that was fun. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> uh, that's why I drink. All right, cool. So we're both drinking. Uh, at least yours is for a happy reason. 
Well, I had to balance out your enema, so. I know. I feel like mine was, like, an extreme this week, so I'm glad that yours was, like, uplifting. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't you just tell me a story so I can forget about how I have to drink that gallon of uh, powdery water. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm really excited about this story. Ooh. And I actually did my notes pretty intensely. There's like a glisten in your eye right now. <laughs> I know. I've been wanting to tell you for a while. We hadn't, haven't had a good possession for a while, so <gasps> I wanted to throw this one in. And it's a really fucked up one. Oh, good. Okay. This is the story of Anna Eklund. What's that? It's the Erling possession, apparently. That's the other name for it. Oh. So wait, but her name's Eklund, right? So it's not like- her name. Yeah, Erling is the town. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Erling, Iowa. Uh, so her name is Anna Eklund, but she also goes by Emma Schmidt or Mary X, and like depending on the documents, like X, like the letter. Yes. Um, I didn't see a lot for Mary X, but Emma Schmidt and Anna Eklund seem to be pretty 50 50 that's so weird that they're so different i think it was to like protect her name oh but then it slipped like what her real name was and so it like ended up not it didn't matter which one's the real one anna eklund oh okay um i think also because anna eklund this happened um it was all documented by a german priest okay and i don't know why I don't know. There was some story I read about, like, they tried to Americanize the name, so when it got translated into English, people would, like, care more about the story. It's really fucked up. Even though this girl's literally from America. Wait, what year is this? uh, So, the actual exorcism that I'm going to talk about happened in 1928. Oh, well, that would make sense. So, what what was her original name? Anna Eklund. And what was the new name again? Emma Schmidt. I don't... That's that's more German than Eklund. (laughs) I don't have an answer for you. So, there was a pamphlet written in 1934. Mm Mm-hmm called be gone satan oh yeah that one the one that we all read my favorite from ap history class of course of course and so it (laughs) detailed the possession and exorcism of anna eklund which happened only like six years earlier holy shit um it was originally written by father carl vogel sure and it was uh it featured like the testimony of people who actually were part of the exorcism fucking carl including the priest one of the main priests who performed the exorcisms on anna oh god um it was intended to help priests in like i guess like future catholic priests it was to help them identify real demonic possessions so it's like the be gone satan like guide to yeah exorcism. it was like the like exorcisms 101 like guide to guide for dummies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are records that go all the way up to the top acknowledging that this exorcism did happen so a lot of times it's like oh well is this just like a myth or a rumor but there are true like clergy documents that this happened it was also profiled in time magazine in february 1936 time magazine really yeah shit um and also i just want to throw this out there in 1999 uh just so everyone else is on the same page as me the vatican in 1999 issued its first new guidelines in exorcism since 1614 so for like over 300 years we've been performing exorcisms the same way up until the turn of the the millennium and they were like y2k is coming (laughs) we might as well it's time for a new era (laughs) new year new me (laughs) the priests were like new year new me (laughs) new millennium new me (laughs) bye satan (laughs) be gone be gone be gone satan so uh this uh because they were revamping it, this was also, you know, modern psychiatry had, you know, changed a little since the 1600s. Uh, really? Uh-huh. And so it, the new guidelines um, demand that a person's evaluated by, a, like, a team of physicians, a team of psychiatrists in order to eliminate any sort of natural concerns. So 
now they will only exercise people who've gone through like all oh. of these tests to confirm that it's something supernatural. So there has to be some sort of proof outside of the quote natural realm. That's great. Such as levitation, abnormal strength, or physical manifestations. If you're levitating, it's probably not <laughs> schizophrenia, but like, right. who yeah. knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have abnormal strength, you're not just fit. Like you're not healthy. <laughs> It's not like you've been to the gym all week. It's like, maybe the devil's here. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so um, the Erling exorcism was performed in three stages. Oh, God. Between August 26th and December 23rd in 1928. So it spanned like four months. Okay. Did you say they changed the rules in 1999? Yeah. Or 1899? So this is before all that. Yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to throw that out there because we're talking about exorcisms. I did a bad thing by giving too much information. No, Sometimes no. knowledge is not power. Okay. <laughs> um, so Anna Eklund was born in Marathon, Wisconsin in 1882, and she was a devout Catholic child. <laughs> that's, okay. That's what you need to know about her. <laughs> so was I. What does that tell you? <laughs> so there are um, suggestions that in her upbringing... She was cursed oh, no. and hexed by her father and her aunt. And not her, they weren't siblings, like her father and her aunt. It was her father and then her maternal aunt. Oh. I know. Family oh, bonding. What the fuck is wrong with them? So her aunt Mina was known in town as a witch. And uh, supposedly the two of them put hexes on herbs and then would mix them into her food. Um, what, what the fuck? So, supposedly the father was hexing his daughter because she refused to be in an incestuous relationship with him. Oh, no. And that's the beginning of the story. <gasps> oh, no. And so he convinced his sister-in-law and mistress, no. Aunt Mina, uh, to curse her to become possessed. <gasps> To be like, I want to have sex with her, my mistress, to mm -hmm. his mistress and his... Can you imagine? Okay, first of all, ballsy of you to have a mistress. One. Two, really ballsy to go to your mistress and be like, I want a second mistress and I need you to possess her with the devil so she can be my second mistress. Well, and also... And it's also my daughter. Well, well and ab <laughs> above all else. <laughs> but like, I mean... She's a small child and it's my daughter. Uh-huh. Right. The fuck? Yeah. Oh, no. Mm. So, okay. We've talked about how... Uh, my dad wrote a porno. Sure. So not how your dad wrote a porno, but not how he wrote one. I don't show, know about that story yet. No, we will hopefully never hear it. So but in my dad wrote a porno, the podcast, the podcast there in this recent season, when one of the chapters, one mistress is being introduced to another mistress. Right. And they make this joke about like, for some reason, if you're the mistress, you just like demand monogamy from the guy who's absolutely proving that he can't be faithful to anyone. Right. And I feel like that applies here too, where yes. I would be pissed as the mistress that I, it's now my job to conjure up another mistress for you. It literally conjure like with herbs. Yes. Like not even metaphorically, but like. Anyway, I just wanted. Well, and the other mistress is a, a small child who happens to be. Your child. The man's. Like your daughter. Daughter. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, she was like, okay, and helped. Oh, good. What a team player. What a team player. So under that impression, mm -hmm. in 1896, at 14, Anna began to demonstrate the indications of possession. She began to display an aversion to anything holy or religious, like screaming to take things away from her, saying that it burned next to her, um, started, uh, you know, the usual. The, the usual 14-year-old Right. Angst. And keep in mind... 
Like, if we're playing the skeptic card, she was also 14. Like, maybe she just didn't want to go to church anymore. I was going to say, when I was 14 and I went to Catholic school, like... It changes a person. Listen, I drew all over my Bible like a little brat. Well, she was also overwhelmed by feelings of hatred towards the priesthood. Again, she's 14. Everyone was involved and overwhelmed with feelings of hatred. Well, and it also sounds like she had an aversion to adult males for a good reason. She also began to display an unhealthy interest in perverse sexual acts. Oh, I wonder why. So... At some point in Anna's childhood, um, medical medical opinions. Okay, at some point in Anna's childhood, um, she she went to a bunch of uh, like medical experts to get their opinion. Out of all the medical opinions, the doctors could not find anything wrong with her. Um, it was all just behavioral, and even even though it was all behavioral, a leading behavioral specialist and physician at the time said, quote, she has the least sign of nervousness and she is normal in the fullest sense. So, health-wise, yikes. I mean, also keep in mind it was like the 1800s. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but Whatever. yeah. <laughs> and so, on June 28th in 1912, a priest named Father Theophilus Riesinger, he was a priest and a monk. Fun fact for you. Sure. And he was the one who performed... Uh, Anna's first exorcism in 1912. This was also his first exorcism. So let me go on record again and say, if I were to have an exorcist come and take a, a demon out of my body, I would want someone who's had like years of experience. You don't or, go to a surgeon who's never performed surgery. Or like you know? a child's body, like or your child's body. Yeah. Like if you're the one hiring the person, you're not like... And also who... Hi- it, it was not clear about who hired the exorcist because it sounds like the people taking care of her wanted this to happen. So, like, why would they now get a doctor? Right. They're and all, she's 14. They're also. all hexing her. So, he performed her first exorcism in 1912. Where, by the way, oh, you want to know? I answered my own question. Because in 1912, she was 30. That's why. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We what? skipped a beat. Oh, okay, so... At, we skipped 16 years. <laughs> well, at 14, that was when she started demonstrating signs of possession. Oh, and 16 years later. And 16 years later, I guess she was like, I might need help. So she was the one who contacted. I guess so. Can you imagine being like, I think the devil is possessing me. Hey, For almost two decades. Maybe I should help? get this checked out. Oh, yeah. Although it worked temporarily, Anna's father and aunt summoned the cast out demons to return to anna's body what what is wrong with them because in the bible if you bring demons back from being cast out they return seven times stronger fucking hell and i guess at 30 she was still saying no to her father and his mistress was more than willing to oblige and that makes me so angry like so persistent so fucked up so in 1928 um which is uh 26 Twenty-eight, no, sixteen years later, Anna is now forty-six years old, and she has been living with these demonic symptoms that are sevenfold stronger um, for another sixteen years. So, uh, even though she wanted to go to church, she felt like there was some quote interior hidden power that was preventing her from going. Oh my god! Um, there were also voices in her head that were telling her to kill only priests and to quote tear down the house of God. And the voices had been with her her whole life. So again, could be schizophrenia. I'm going to go with possession. Sure. Um, The logical answer. I think so. So Anna sought help from the church once more. And the second series of exorcisms began, which is the main thing I'm going to talk about. And they were again performed by Father Reisinger. The same guy? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he 
performed the original ones like almost 20 years beforehand and is, uh, what is it, reprising his role. Oh, good. Um, so nowadays, at this point in time, uh, Riesinger, Riesinger, fuck, who cares? Uh, he was the most experienced exorcist in America. So he went from performing his first exorcism on her to now being the most experienced oh. exorcist. So he really is like reprising his role. He's like go- coming back to his to his roots. Risinger's reprisal. <laughs> so he uh, decided to keep her situation private. He removed her from her hometown and brought her to a convent in Erling, Iowa, because it was the closest town that had a convent and a Catholic church. Okay. Um, as soon as she got there, she began to show extreme signs of possession. Oh, no. So she could tell which food had been secretly blessed by the nuns. What? And refused to eat it, would hiss and spit at the nuns if they tried to come near her. Oh, no. And demanded that any food they brought her would be taken away. What? So she would not eat anything unless she could sense that it had not been blessed. What the fuck? And even then, she wouldn't really eat any food. So Father Reasinger, when he started the exorcism, as soon as she got to the convent... Um, he started it in the name of the Blessed Trinity, and as soon as he said that phrase, Anna leaps from her bed in a lying down position. What? She's, Wait. So she's lying down. Is, and she leaps while she's lying down. As she's lying down, just goes from laying on her back, leaps onto the wall. Of, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> across the room, over the door. So, like, oh, that part. I'm literally picturing, like, a frog or, like, a salamander. Where she held on sideways, crouching, holding on to the side of the wall. Um, what the, what the actual fuck? So, one of her, quote, abilities, or indications of possession, is she could run up walls and cling to them without falling, as if defying, and not as if, actually defying gravity. Oh my god. Um, also, despite being tied to an iron bed, she still had to be held down by six nuns, who could barely hold her down. Um, and the nuns, no shocker here, were too scared to stay in the room with her throughout the yeah. entire exorcism, so they had to work in shifts. Can you imagine being one of the nuns who's like... Imagine that being your day one as yeah. a nun, and you're yeah. like, mm, I'm out. I'm like, Sister <laughs> Kathy, you hold her ankle down, please. Oh, not Sister Kathy. So sad. Oh. Everyone go watch The Keepers. And oh, know. shit. I just started that. <laughs> I wondered why that name came into my head. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. only on episode two. <sighs> I'm gonna, sorry. You're going to hate. You're going to hate yourself by the end of it. Okay, Sister Kathy, you're relieved of your duties. Yeah. Sister Anne. <laughs> Sister Kathy's done enough. Sister Anne, come in and hold her ankle. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, so even though she refused to eat, um, she heavily vomited for 20 <gasps> to 30 times a day. Um, I'm sorry. How? What? And she fuck? would only, there wouldn't, it wouldn't be like a liquid vomit. It would be what, quote, tobacco leaves and spices. Wait, okay. 20 to 30 times a day. She was vomiting up tobacco leaves. Or spices. As if, like, the ashes from hell, I assume. In an effort to disrupt the rituals, Anna would vomit, defecate, and (gasps) urinate in quantities that were, quote, humanly speaking, impossible to keep inside at one time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's uh, reported that nuns were removed. Like, one nun's job was to just go into the room and back out the room and in the room. Like, just, like, keep revolving dooring, um, removing bucket after bucket of waste and green vomit and tobacco leaves. It was just, like, she just kept... Listen, as soon as she would come back into the room, she would do it again. I'm never going to com- complain about this Emma or enema and laxative <laughs> ever again. And an enemy. The enemy. I'm never going to complain again. Um, her That's a lie. Anna's stomach would solidify. You could watch it solidify and become hard as stone. Uh, 
And what? if you touched it, it would feel like concrete, apparently. And her body became so heavy that the iron bed frame would bow on a, underneath her until it was touching the floor. So she was so heavy that the, her iron bed frame was falling apart. What the actual hell? Um, parts of her body would swell up t- until the nuns thought she was going to burst. So her face would become twisted and her body would contort in, quote, impossible ways. Her At times, her head became as red as glowing embers and her eyes bulged out of their sockets sockets and her lips swelled to twice their size immediately into the exorcisms uh every time they would begin performing a ritual anna would just fall unconscious like bam like just just pass out blackout unconscious and would also levitate oh um, right sure so her mouth since she's unconscious she would not move. Her eyes were, like, clamped shut. No one could open them. Her mouth was clamped shut. Um, but there were voices that would come from her throat. Okay. That would taunt the nuns about past sins from their childhood that only they knew about. What the fuck sins did they do? Like, steal a I mean, like, gummy prob- bear? Like, from- push someone off the swing. Um, these voices identified themselves as various demons and spoke several languages that Anna never knew before. That part freaks me out whenever they're like, oh, and also she suddenly spoke Latin. Well, so she originally only spoke English and German. So basically, Anna is you. And Aww. Uh, oh, my God, twins. Oh, my God. And then she's like, pu- uh, Puella S. Cornelia. <laughs> Cornelia. <laughs> uh, and now she could speak Latin. She could speak Hebrew, Italian, oh Polish. And, Polish? And multiple other languages unidentified by the nuns and priests. And Hebrew? latin hebrew italian polish and then a whole bunch of other ones that they didn't even they'd never heard of them that's before fascinating i bet you one was reverse because that's reverse that's always reverse interesting what? oh like reverse like english if you played it in reverse Ooh, like that Jimi hendrix song mm-hmm. okay uh anytime jesus's name was mentioned she would begin to foam at the mouth <laughs> oh shit and howl. one of the nuns said she when she howled she sounded like a horde of hyenas also speaking of hordes Hordes of flies and mosquitoes would Mm-mm. appear out of no, like, and also this is in the middle of nowhere. There's no windows to her room. They would just show up in the room, flies and mosquitoes. And then as soon as, just as soon as they would show up, they would quickly vanish. What is it with flies? Like, are they the devil's bug? I feel like they're everywhere. To be continued. You'll find out. Oh, good. Um, also, a pea-sized lump was <gasps> freely moving underneath Anna's skin all over her body. Okay enough with that (laughs) please don't ever tell me (laughs) don't ever talk about that again thank you um anna also mentioned that when she'd sleep she would dream of battles between good and evil spirits around her body and she mentioned that the evil spirits appeared to be weaker than the good but um that's also like a regular thing that demons will do they'll make themselves appear weaker so you feel safer like you let your guard down more vulnerable yeah and then they're actually stronger than you thought they were okay Um, (laughs) what the fuck I mean, just in my experience with demons. So. Oh, right. Just in your possession experience. So she also seemed to have the ability to predict future events, or at least the voices did, because when she was unconscious one time, one of the voices from her throat said to Father Steger, Steger, um, this was the guy that ran the, was the priest that ran the convent and was okay. allowing Father Reisinger to perform the exorcism. So right. he was just as involved. The two of them together were like tag teaming this exorcism. Okay. His name was Father Steger. One of the voices said to Steger, Lucifer is on his tracks. Just wait until the end of the week. When Friday comes, then you'll see. 
that Friday, uh, someone was in the hospital and won their last rites read or something. So Steger had to leave and go to the hospital. And his car lost control and he crashed into a bridge. Oh, when he, no. he ended up being fine. But when he returned to the convent, one of the voices in Anna's throat said, I certainly showed you today. Uh, what about your new auto, that dandy car, which was smashed to smithereens? It served you right. Holy. Oh, no, that. No. By the time Anna was possessed, um, there, she, the voices had said that there were numerous spirits in her, but there were only four that were particularly prominent that spoke often. Okay. Would you like to guess one of them? Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> Have you ever heard that song? No. About Beals? What? There's a comedian who wrote a song, and he's <laughs> singing it as if he's Beelzebub, but like... In the beginning, like it's everyone go look up um, the Beelzebub song. Like, I've never people, heard of that. Oh, it's really funny because like he makes it sound like um, like he's like really like scary and like intense um, in the very beginning, and then all of a sudden you realize he's like this tiny little tiny little demon, and he's like, "My name is Satan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't know what the fuck you're talking. About. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a really good song. Anyway, it makes Beelzebub seem like not a big deal. Oh, good. That's what yeah. we all need after this. Well. Actually, in this story, he's a big deal. So he was one of the more prominent um, demons that were possessing Anna. Sure. And he is known as the Lord of the Flies. Not the book. Yikes. Um, so He's known as a uh, 20th century novel called <laughs> Lord of the Flies. He is known as the one that's about to get a shitty remake. <laughs> an all-female movie written by two men about the patriarchy. I can't wait. So um, Beelzebub... Is also, fun fact, one of the seven princes of hell. Like, Oh, so fun. Right. Yeah. I think it's actually really interesting. I think it's the funnest of facts, really. So because he's considered the lord of the flies, that would ex- explain the plague of flies that was just appearing out of nowhere and then vanishing. Okay, wait. So he's one of the seven. Mm-hmm. And I know that maybe you'll say this, but like, who are the other six? Is Lucifer different from Beelzebub? Or like- Lucifer is like the fallen angel that... Right. So, but he's not one of the... No, I don't... I think well, I don't know. I'm just listen, curious. I haven't gotten to that part of the Bible yet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. As a podcast about, I know I'm not doing my research, my my R and D thoroughly. As a enough. podcast about the Old Testament, I feel like <laughs> this podcast. As a podcast about Lucifer, it's a shame I don't know anything about it. It is more specifically not really totally Christianity or the Old Testament, but most specifically about <laughs> like the the princes of hell. Satan. <laughs> we only have seven episodes. Yeah. So. um so during the exorcism, apparently, Beelzebub was known to engage in philosophical debates with the priests involved. <laughs> and oh. I, I don't know what that means. He's but like, I, as Kant once said. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Oh. It's like, if a train is heading toward one person or a group of people, and you it's have like, a lever. Cute. I just imagine, like, Beelzebub in, like, a hippie beanie, and he's like, right. but who are we? Yeah. But, like, where but where are we? But what if we're all like a figment of our own consciousness and right, none of us right. are really here? It's like, but what about the multiverse? Have you thought about it? Have you thought, Have about, you thought about how big and wide the vast universe can be? Like string, we're, string we're just theory specks. is real. We're just specks of are, dust. Yeah. One day, none of this will matter. There's Pink Floyd playing in the back of my head now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so this is an actual conversation between Beelzebub and Father... Reisinger. Oh, the one we just had. That was an actual conversation. Oh, that was the first one that they had. Oh, sure. Okay, so this is the second. Right. That yeah. was, this is just paraphrased. Gotcha. So, Father Beelzebub 
is speaking to Anna's unconscious I'm body. Sorry, Father Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> That's some sort of sin, isn't it? I literally was about to sit my wine, and then I was like, <laughs> pause, because otherwise I'll you spit it. You felt God bitch slap me. Satan was like, you're going to get that all over your laptop. Please stop. <laughs> um, okay, Father Reisinger was oh, talking okay. to Anna. Sure. And said, who is the leader or prince among you? What is your name? To the voice that was talking to him. The voice said Beelzebub. Then he said, why are you taking over Anna's body? And Beelzebub said, laughed, first of all. He laughed. <laughs> and he went, ha, ha, ha. And then, <laughs> he went, hee, hee, hee. And then he said, did her own father not curse us into her? Um, and okay, then, that gave me chills. And then Father Reisinger said, are you saying Jacob, Jacob Eklund, who is the dad, are you saying Jacob Eklund is responsible for these possessions? And Beelzebub said, what a foolish question. He has been with us ever since he was damned himself. Because at this point, he's dead. I just got chills. I feel like we're telling, like, such good, juicy gossip. I'm like, and then Beelzebub said that. <laughs> like, would you believe it? And he then, said that to a priest. Oh, my God. And then I sit my wine, and I'm like, that fucking Jacob. <laughs> I always I knew. always knew it. I, mean, I sensed it. I knew there was... I, I told myself to not like him and i didn't know why i didn't have proof today i do remember i walked in the door and i said my gut is telling me <laughs> this jacob this jacob character is bad news he's friends with beelzebub i can just feel it he's gonna be damned we've only gotten through one of the four voices and future you hates us <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay the second so one pumped the second one uh that had mainly possessed anna was judas oh sure uh judas iscariot the disciple who betrayed jesus um he apparently was possessing anna because i guess in the hierarchy of hell which exists it's like such a bureaucracy down there <laughs> i hate the politics i'm never going right it's like jk i'm oof. already there <laughs> i'm never going except uh, except i already signed my one-way ticket i don't have a choice um apparently in the hierarchy judas is the equivalent to the patron demon of suicides oh Shit. And so he had possessed her because he was trying to get her to commit suicide <gasps> so that she would have committed an ultimate act and go to hell. I didn't even know Judas was part of like the the hierarchy of hell. Well, when you're anti-Jesus. I mean, I know he was like a traitor, but I didn't know he was like an actual like figure in hell. Um, We'll speak more on that later. Sure. Uh, the third one who possessed her was her own father, Jacob. Oh, no, that's so sad. He was condemned to hell. What a fucker. For trying to sleep with his daughter. And according to the voice of Jacob himself, the devil happily allowed me to possess the soul of my daughter so I could finally satisfy my incestuous desires. Okay, I'm sorry. This is coming out of her throat, right? Yeah. That's okay, so no fucked ventriloquist up. can do that. Let's I'm just sorry. say it now. This is so fucked up. Uh the fourth one was her aunt Mina. What a bitch. The mistress followed the mi him to hell. The mistress was like, wait, oh, the mistress was the aunt? Yes. I thought there was an aunt and a mistress. No. Oh, the aunt and the mistress are the same yes. person. Yes. Not to give you, like, that plot twist so late in the game, but oh, yeah. Oh, so the mom's sister was sleeping with the dad, yes. too. Oh, so... Okay. That's why she was willing to help, because she was the mistress, and she was also like, oh, yeah, I'll help. And it also, doesn't matter you should point. sleep with the child. Um, what a bitch. Imagine sleeping with your sister's husband and making your sister's child sleep with your sister's husband you let's not get into to it be a, i'm not gonna imagine that okay go on and that's why we drink and that's why we drink uh so god damned mina for obviously being his mistress 
also apparently... For being his mistress or for trying to make him sleep with his daughter? I feel like... <laughs> One be, of the two. I feel like being a mistress isn't, like, hell-worthy. It's like apples and oranges to Mabel, whatever. Really? Uh, no. Also, apparently, for infanticide, because she... Okay, different stories were conflicting, but either she murdered her four living children... Four? Or, or had four separate abortions. But... Those, like, I'm just saying, I don't know, I don't know how old these children were, if they were, like, oh, gotcha. born Oh, so you don't not. know the difference? No, I'm telling you, like, those are the, I can't tell. Uh, I see, okay. Like, um, okay, interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to get political here. Believe Let's what you want. She Believe issues. what you want. Whether she committed infanticide or not, she also made the man she was sleeping with. Let's focus Helped there. him sleep, try to sleep with his child. Right, right, right. Okay, Let's that's, focus on that. I think that's the issue. That's the main one. Let's all, you know what? No matter what your political beliefs are, we all can agree there. That's I think, bad. I think that's, that's the very real bad. issue. Because like, <laughs> I have one last thing for you to know about this. Great, Father Reisinger. While this was happening, while this exorcism was going down, he experienced a vision of both Lucifer, who was not one of the voices, by the way, experienced a vision of Lucifer and Beelzebub in the room with him. Um, and this is also the only case of possession where the priest had a lucid like waking vision in the middle of an exorcism he was performing. Oh, so he was exercising her and while this was in happening. the middle of it, he like went into like some zone where every, like he went to like almost another reality oh, because no. he says that the room was entirely on fire. Oh God. He saw Lucifer and Beelzebub in the corner. How do you know which is which? I'm just going to trust him. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to like go up to two demons and be like, no, that's not the right You're one. Like, Nobody wore name tags. <laughs> I don't know who. Honestly, true. it's rude. I don't know how to introduce myself. Yeah, that's a little awkward. Um, Lucifer was extremely tall with matted black fur on his lower hooved body. He was wearing a crown and had a sword made of fire. Beelzebub was also there. <laughs> <laughs> Beelzebub is like, like fucking stole my thunder. <laughs> Lucifer. Uh, apparently, both of them were pissed to be confined by God's law. Um, <laughs> as usual. As usual. Who isn't? Yeah, who is it really? Um, and so, a ballsy of Father Reisinger because he went up to Lucifer to his face. This is this is the real gossip. <laughs> to his face and said, "What can you accomplish, you helpless Lucifer?" <gasps> to Lucifer, and it also sounds like loser, so it's like <gasps> helpless Lucifer. Uh huh. You helpless. You're there. Loser. We're all there. That landed for wow. sure. That was a really good joke. <laughs> Let me write that down for my next stand-up set. Um, so the anger that he felt like radiating off the two of them gave him hope that the exorcism was working and making them weaker. Ah, because it was giving getting yeah. a reaction. Like he like they were getting pissed that he was like fighting them. Wow. Fun fact: I literally wrote it in all caps, and I don't remember what I wrote. So let's enjoy this together. Oh, I'm so ready. Though the revel, oh, I do remember. Okay, through the revelations that were shown to him in this, um, apparently it was like a half an hour conversation he had Holy. with Lucifer and Beelzebub, and um, through that experience, he believes that he learned information about when the Antichrist will be coming to Earth. Uh, okay, and that the spirit of Judas will be the one controlling the Antichrist, which is interesting that earlier we called him anti-Jesus because that's he is anti-Jesus Christ. Okay, you call him that. By math. Sure. Math formulas say he's Antichrist then, right? Whatever. Definitely. He's like the, um, the what's that thing called? We that's, have, what I, that's what I'm trying to figure out too. The number starts with an I. Just, just drop it. 
uh, drop us a line at ATWWD podcast. I don't even think, I think our brains are so good at knowing each other that we just had a whole conversation and we think, I think you're going to listen to this later and be like, no one else knows what oh, we're talking for sure. about. I'm going to be like, what is happening? Yeah. Is there like sign language going on? <laughs> because I don't see it. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway. So irrational he, number? No. Irrational number? No. Irrational. No. It's something. No. I mean, well, irrational, that is a, fr- a term yeah. in math. We'll ask Blaze and Allison later. They know. They probably they know. Allison, do you know what an irrational number is? Not making any sense. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Okay, Good sure. Enough. That counts. Um, <laughs> okay, so Father Reisinger believes that the time of the Antichrist is coming soon and that the spirit of Jews, Judas... The spirit of not, Jews? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. We almost made a lot of enemies. Um, oh, thank God you're Jewish. <laughs> thank God. Guys, I'm Jewish. It's okay. That would have been real bad. <laughs> uh, wait, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> what year was this that he was like, oh, Jesus is coming soon? Yeah, okay. So this it was all happening in the 1928 exorcism. Oh, so he's like, it's coming soon? Because he was in the middle of that exorcism. Sure. Had this vision where he realizes information. Sure. So the information he realized is that Judas will be controlling the Antichrist. A false prophet will arise who will actually be Lucifer in disguise. So someone's going to show up on Earth. Everyone's going to think that he's a prophet. It's actually going to be loose for tricking everyone. Wait, are you, that's giving me... That's really creepy. He will perform miracles and tremendous feats of healing, apparently. Healing? So that's almost, really scary. Almost come off as Jesus. That's really scary. He will have the answer to all of our problems, and he will be worshipped almost as a god fooling everyone. Father Riesinger then says he... Um, this is just some, like a gut feeling he got out of it, is that the Antichrist will not be born... This is a quote of his. He will not be born of a woman, but will construct a body for himself out of earthly matter in order to plot as a man among men. So there's that. We can all begin to pray now. I'm really freaked out right now. So Father Riesinger decided uh, after that vision, he was like, fuck this. And so he's going to perform the exorcism nonstop until something until something good happened. So for three days and three nights, he did not stop and kept exercising this girl. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He demanded in the name of the most blessed Trinity that as the devils departed this body, they would give a sign uh, by giving their respective names. So that's how he ended up finding out everyone's names, that there was more than just the four. Oh, shit. So Father Reasinger shouted, Depart ye, fiends of hell. Be gone, Satan. Oh, yeah, quote-unquote. Um... After three days and nights of this, Anna fell upon the bed, and all of the names slowly screamed out of her throat. Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina, and then a bunch of other names. And she opened her eyes and said, what a terrible burden have I been freed at last. Holy. And then said, praised be Jesus Christ. And she also has now gone on record to say um, that Jesus appears to her pretty frequently now. Maybe not now. I think she's dead. But well, there's no for way the rest of her life. Still alive. And, and every time Jesus would appear to her, would encourage her to be faithful with, to him. And I'm like, mm, I don't think she needs to be reminded of that. Like, I was going to say, I think there are a lot of people enough. who maybe need that more than like, her. How but... come you're going to her who definitely will always be faithful to you at this point, but you're not going to like other people who are wishy-washy? He's like, remember that time that like Beelzebub like, was inside your like, soul? Yeah. Like just a reminder that that happened. I don't know if you remember, but like other people might have forgotten. So. But like I took time in my lunch break to come tell you. Also, wouldn't that give you intense paranoia about how horrible of a soul you have for like Jesus is making personal calls to remind you to be faithful? Oh, yeah. And you like that's like incredibly condescending of to be like, 
hey, look, I know you've been um, possessed, but just here to remind you that yeah. I'm important. Knock, knock. Um, just, I'd be pissed. You should probably read your Bible verses every morning. I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying you should. It's just like, I don't mean to pressure you. Not a sermon, just a thought. N- not a sermon, just a thought. So both uh, Reverend Steger, the one who helped um, in the exorcism, and his housekeeper both testify in Be Gone Satan that they witnessed true expulsion of demons from her soul. And I, the last thing I'm going to say is a quote, uh, which is the testimony of the housekeeper, who was, I think, also a nun. She just, like, had to, she just had a side hustle, apparently. Um, Entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, just making it, making it work in 1928. You got to do what you got to do. So this is her testimony in Be Gone Satan. I was a witness to almost the whole period of the exorcism of the Erling possession case, and I can truthfully say that the facts mentioned in Begone Satan are correct. Some of the scenes were even more frightful than described in the booklet. There is not the slightest doubt in my mind that the devils were present, and I will never forget the horrible scenes. Vile, filthy, and dirty, as long as I live. All the nuns asked for a change and were transferred within the same year. Oh my god. All of the nuns. All of the nuns that were in that convent. Oh. They had to totally replace their staff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, there you go. That's terrifying. Wasn't that a good one? That was so good that I still have a milkshake left. Wow. Usually, I just drink through it. Wow. That was so good that I'm, like, out of wine. <laughs> Holy crap. Whew. There you go. That's a toughie. Mm-hmm. I mean, so did she just end up living, like, the rest of her life out? And just seeing Jesus all the time, staying faithful, Per Just request. Being like a little bit condescended to by <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Being mansplained by Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got something to top that? I got a good one for you today. I'm excited. It's one I've been saving for kind of a while now. Perfect. Do I know it? I don't know, actually. Um, it's the story of Luca Magnata. Mm-mm. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Am I in for a ride? You are. This is one that I didn't know. Like, it was familiar to me but then i read it and i was like oh shit i've heard about this so you might have heard about it before okay so luca magnato was born eric clinton kirk newman in scarborough ontario canada in 1982 canada canada oh canada this is okay this is basically a timeline um so i'm gonna work backwards a lot of this was filled in kind of later when uh police and authorities like went back and okay and kind of like pieced it all together so i'm just going to give it to you in like a chronological timeline um so he was born in 1982 his parents split up and he moved in with his grandparents and was mostly homeschooled because um according to him he had been told the world is a quote dirty and dangerous place for two years he did attend a local high school and his teachers and classmates remember him for his vanity and his preoccupation with his looks. So he changed his hair color a lot, like was really obsessed with like what he looked like and what he was wearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in 2002 he starts stripping at a local nightclub hey. called Remington's in Toronto. And by 2003, the following year, uh, he appeared in two pornography films um, and in both he was a straight man who had turned gay. Okay. Was he gay in real life? Uh, listen, I'm going to read all this to you. You be the judge. Oh, my. It's a wild ride. Okay. Um, no straight answer for me. Then. No, no. Wink. Straight <laughs> answer. No. Uh, the year after that, he was in two more pornos, at least, that they know of. 
and he started using the name Jimmy, um, which he also used when he became a male escort soon after that. Um, okay, so in 2005, Newman was convicted of one count of impersonation and three counts of fraud against, number one, Sears Canada. Okay. Number two, The Brick. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. It's apparently a Canadian retailer of furniture, mattresses, appliances, and home electronics. Okay. And 2001 audio video. So what he had done is he had befriended a 21-year-old woman who had the mental capacity of a child of 8 to 12 years old. Oh, no. I know. And convinced her to apply for a bunch of credit cards and then racked up $10,000 in, like, merchandise and didn't pay it off. Oh, no. I know. So he was arrested for that. Um, and he was initially actually charged with sexual assault <gasps> of her. Um, but that he had allegedly videotaped as well. But um, authorities dropped the charge before the case went to trial. And his lawyer at the time later said that this decision to drop the charge changed Newman's life, quote, immeasurably with huge ramifications to our society eventually. Oh, my gosh. So that's kind of a foreshadowing. Oh, no. Um, So at this point, he pleaded guilty to the, like, impersonation and fraud. Uh, He was sentenced to nine months with 12 12 months of probation. Uh, So in 2006, he started dating a transgender woman named Barbie. Um, and her, I actually read another article where her name is actually Barbie Swallows. That's an oh, well, interesting name. At least she's confident about it. Yeah, I mean, why not own it? <laughs> uh, Barbie later said that Newman told her he wanted to be famous someday, and she recalls his apartment looking like a shrine dedicated to himself. Okay, but by you saying recalls tells me at least she doesn't die. No, she doesn't. Okay, die. so thank God there's not a tragic transgender person. In no, the story. no, no, no. Like Barbie every survives. Every fucking TV show these days. Listen, Barbie makes it all the way to the end. Because Barbie's a queen. That's Barbie, why Barbie swallows is a queen. Barbie swallows a queen just, and a half. Really, I mean, she goes she goes where no man will. If you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh so, my God. <laughs> I didn't say it, you did. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So she said he would always beg me to take pictures of him. Um, and his apartment basically looked like a shrine to himself. So there were like photos of him everywhere. So just great, a narcissist, just like crazy narcissistic. Um, so in April, several months after meeting Newman, Barbie broke up with him. And that summer Newman legally changed his name to Luco Rocco Magnata. Okay. Just like, just sounds like a douche. Yeah, exactly. Just a douche move. Um, then he declared bankruptcy. He owed about $17,000, um, and he listed the cause as illness, lack of employment, and insufficient income to pay debts. Hmm. Uh, in 2007, he auditioned for a reality show on a channel called Out TV. The show is called Cover Guy. Uh, he told judges, quote, some people say I am devastatingly good looking. <laughs> the judges turned him down. Yikes. Then he decided to go on another show called Plastic Makes Perfect 2. 2. Not even the first one. Oh, my God, because the sequel was needed. Oof. Uh, On a channel called Slice TV, which is like... Sounds like... Plastic Surgery Channel, I assume. Oh, okay. Because Plastic Makes Perfect. Right, right, right. Uh, After undergoing multiple cosmetic surgeries, um, he told them he had his nose done, two hair transplants, and he was planning on having muscle implants in his pecs and his arms. It just sounds like the Justin Bieber guy. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. From My Strange Addiction. Yeah, exactly. It's very similar. I mean, just in that front. I mean, (laughs) not just in that way. Uh, In 2007, the Toronto Sun published a story about how Magnata had stopped by the newspaper's headquarters 
to deny online rumors that he was dating serial killer Carla Homolka. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. She's called the schoolgirl killer. She was in prison for murdering three schoolgirls with her husband. Oh, shit. Uh, and he, uh, so he went to the newspaper and was like, I'm not dating her. And they were like, nobody said you were. Right. <laughs> and then they, they kind of looked into it and he had under like multiple aliases started rumors on the internet that he was dating Carla Homolka, who was like, this like he like was just so desperate to be like associated with a yeah. killer. He just like posted online about like how they were dating on like fake accounts. And then, um. The following year in 2008, like a lot of his, so he started a lot of fake accounts um, online. So he would post comments about himself to start rumors. Then he would go on other profiles to like deny the rumors and like try to. Like he was starting his own tabloids about himself. He was like on message boards, like arguing with himself about (sighs) himself. Um, He tried to create a Wikipedia page about himself and Wikipedia deleted it. Good job, Wikipedia. Twice. Good job again. <laughs> I once made a Wikipedia page about myself. Did you really? Yeah. How'd it go? It immediately. I have it screenshotted, but it was immediately deleted. <laughs> How much did you write? I just remember we did it in science class in the computer lab because we were supposed to be creating PowerPoints. And instead I made a Wikipedia page about myself. And then uh, it, I hit like refresh and it said, this page is up for speedy deletion. So oh. I screenshotted it and then it immediately was gone. Wow. Yeah, but it was there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> 60 seconds of fame. Exactly. Also, I saw you just filled up your wine glass. Uh, is the w- filled wine glass next to you not good enough? Oh, I didn't see that. You there. have two full glasses of wine. Pour them in. Pour um, them. Make them together. No, I want to pretend like there's less. Oh, okay. Just two full glasses in front of you now. Oh, I didn't Both know. Both will be empty by the end, I'm sure. Oh my God, I didn't know that was there. Are you serious? Yeah. It's been there this whole time. You keep almost knocking it over when you refill your wine. <laughs> you almost spill your wine with your other wine. Listen, in a week, I'm going to have to drink an entire gallon of laxative. So just can you mix like other like can you mix wine with it? Absolutely not. She's like no alcohol. Anyway, I um, encourage it. Thank you. You're Maybe welcome. I'll just hang out with you that weekend. Okay. You do not want to hang out with me while I'm, like, giving myself enemas, but, you know, maybe. Oh, I do. I, I, want, to, I want to know all about it. I'll be like, okay, what happens next? And you'll be like, now I cry myself to sleep. And I'll be like, oh, good. See you there. Oh, no. See you there. I'll be like, let me take a Snapchat first. <laughs> I, it's already done in my head. It's already been done. <laughs> You've planned it all out. Um, okay. So, in October of 2009, Magnata met a 70-year-old man in Toronto, and they became became, quote, travel companions. Okay. Uh, They went to Russia, Italy, and France together. And the man later says that they met at a Toronto restaurant called... What? Called The Pickle Barrel. All right. I just feel like that's such a great place to meet a travel companion. It sounds very Canadian, like very... Like, for it to be a 70-year-old Canadian man, it sounds exactly like where he would be. Like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Pickle Barrel. Like, next to the Tim Hortons is the Pickle Barrel, and (laughs) we're going to meet and then go to Russia. It's like, oh, sure. Okay. Why not? I mean, see you there. Pickle Barrel. Um, At this point, so around fall of 2010, um, his posts start to get darker and, like, more fucked up. Uh Uh-huh. So on his Facebook page, he posts a link to a video called Three Guys, One Hammer. (gasps) <gasps> that shows a man being beaten to death <gasps> with a hammer. Oh, my God. Um, it wasn't his video, but he, like, shared it. Uh-huh. I mean, that's enough. Enough, yeah. 
the rumors about him dating Homolka, the female serial killer, uh, start growing because he's just posting about it everywhere. Uh, in one post about them, Magnata wrote on a fake account, quote, Luca is unable to live unless there is chaos in his life. It makes him feel as though he matters. So they went back through all these fake accounts and he was like writing weird shit like that. Like he was straight up calling himself yes. out. Yes. He did You know, the lot. weird part is he probably thought, oh, I'm, this isn't real. I'm just going to do it to stir drama so I can correct it. But he was actually looking right in a mirror. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it, he probably like on the surface was like, oh, I don't mean any of this. But he was actually like admitting his deepest concerns about himself. It was really twisted. And a lot of it, he says he doesn't even remember posting, which also might just be bullshit. But at the same time, it's like no matter what it was, it was fucked up, twisted and yeah. fucked up. Um, so this is where I don't want to even talk about this part. Come on. Tell me. Okay. On December 21st, 2010, a video starts circulating online called one guy, two kittens. Oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just let's just skip it. What's the next bullet? Okay. Just do it. I know other people want to know. I don't know if they do though. Okay. But just rip it off like a bandaid. Just say it fast. Uh, it features a man with his face concealed, placing two kittens in a sealed bag and then sucking out the air with a vacuum. Oh my God. Oh my God. To suffocate them. Uh, (laughs) it's nervous. It's nervous. It's nervous left. Oh my God. Are you serious? This is why I was screaming earlier when I was taking notes. Oh my God. That's it. That's all right. There's not another sentence. Christine. Oh my God. I didn't. I can't talk anymore i'm just really do it, just it do really it, just upsets do it. me I know, do you do you want me to do it no i don't I'll, want to do it no, don't make me i i'll tell you okay it, so that was removed from the internet but not before animal activists learned about it uh-huh uh shortly after that a former u.s soldier named ryan boyle created a facebook group called find the vacuum kitten killer for great justice a true american hero like that is the kind of american Wait, on the count of three let's all salute that man one one two, two three. three salute I don't care if you're driving. Take your hand off the goddamn Batman wheel. Batman deserves the, what's it, purple heart? Yeah. Well, that's if you get injured. Okay. Well, haven't we all just been mentally injured? Every one of on us has been level. injured. Take, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Double salute to that guy. <laughs> Listen. Did he find him? Okay, keep going. Listen. Just go. So it's called <laughs> Find the Vacuum Kitten Killer for Great Justice, which, the last part. Okay. Uh, under the name Save Kitty. About 4,000 people joined the group, like, immediately. Okay, 4,000 salutes. Got it. Four thousand. Keep going. One, two, three. <laughs> Keep counting while we talk. Uh, it is believed that Magnata himself joined the group under an alias, at least one oh, alias. Oh, no. Uh, when the group would go down the wrong path searching for the killer, Magnata would go on message boards and post pictures from the video where his face was no longer blurred. So he would literally post photos of himself on the message boards. To, like, draw attention back to himself. Oh, my God. Like, he was desperate. Yeah. Because usually if you did something that fucked up, like, you would hope and encourage them to go down the wrong path. But he was steering them straight to it every time. Right. It wasn't like he was going in the group to, like, fuck up their search. It was like, no, I'm right here. Like, it was really twisted. Oh, my gosh. Um, A few days later, an animal protection group called Rescue Inc. posted a $5,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of the vacuum kitten killer, a.k.a. VKK. Okay. A week after that, on January 4th of 2011, Magnata uh, called his lawyer in New York City and said he was concerned that the animal activists were closing in on him and were going to figure out he did it. And I'm like, 
you were the one posting photos of yourself in the message boards, but okay. So he was all like freaked out. Um, and that's when this group called the animal beta project or the AB project came in. Um, it was an online, like amateur detective group with 11 members that decided they wanted to stop Magnata before he killed again. Um, because a lot of, a lot of people at this time were speculating, like, you know, how, um, animal abuse and animal murder is like yeah. the first step to serial killing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right. So a lot of people were like, we got to find whoever the fuck this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were these amateur sleuths and they analyzed the video frame by frame and like pinpointed the furnishings and the clothing he was wearing and compared them to pictures of Magnata that had been posted online. So they like found, they were able to like link the video to him. Um, they were able to find a ton of information about him online and then eventually they were able to track his physical location. So they like backtraced one of his photos to Toronto Then they contacted the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals of Toronto, who then reached out to the Toronto police. So they, the Toronto police opened up a file on him um, in February of 2011 and were, like, tracking him. It just gets worse. Um, Okay, but before we get worse, let's just, like, I have a question, though. So how, if, so, like, the sleuths were, like, openly saying in this page, hey, we're going to, like, try and find this guy. And he's probably seeing all these posts and didn't even try to escape or hide any of his images or block everyone. Like, he, like, just straight up let this happen. Well, the the second group was, like, a group of 11 people. So it was, like, a really small, like... So he thought, like, okay, good luck? Well, I don't think he knew about that at the time. But he knew about, like, the big 4,000-person, like, manhunt out for him. Gotcha. Um, And he was kind of involved in that. Uh, but he didn't know. I don't think he knew about this like mini detective group that was going on. Right. Um, but yeah, so he, he was kind of like involved in that big Facebook group, but I don't think he was involved in, in whatever that was. Gotcha. Um, okay. Just keep, just, just, let's let's just do it. Okay. Um, in November of that year, more kitten killing videos appear. Oh my God. In which he murdered his own pets. (gasps) No. They were baby kittens. Oh, my God. Which means he bought them just to kill them. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how he did it, because I can't. I can't. I told you one, and I can't tell you the, the other two. It was, was it worse? Can you... You have to... One of them was he fed one to a python. Oh, my... Oh my while God. he was wearing a Santa hat. What? He put... He, okay. Just... I, no, you... Just... He carried the kitten out in a little Santa hat. He played with it on the bed. And then he brought a giant snake and fed... Okay, okay. But that's all. I'm not telling you the other one. <laughs> I was, like, taking a punch to the I'm gonna throw gut. I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God. That's like, it's so sick that he played with it. It's that, and, like, that part what made it cute. That part really, like, hit me. So that happened. There was another one. At this point... Can you, can every, you just... I don't... I, honestly, I didn't even write it down because okay. I wrote... I can't tell you what he does, but it's horrible is what I put in the bullet. Cause I, I like, cause that's when I started like yelling loudly while I was taking notes and I was like, that's enough. I can't. Oh my God. Okay. (sighs) Okay. So just, just know that it's not good. Right. Okay. Wasn't good. Okay. So the sun in London also PS, you can look this up guys. If you, if you really want to like sickeningly know what he did to the other cat, you can look up the video still. No, but you can look up what he did. I got. I, I hope none of our listeners. If I'm you're, sure you do can not look, look up the videos, but don't look them up. Don't look them don't up. Don't encourage says something any about of you shit. if you do. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Sun in London uh, printed a story about the quote kitten killer, uh, and then Magnata turned up at their office, 
remember he's like Canadian too. So it's like okay. he turned up in London. <gasps> this man is Canadian. I forgot. He is a disgrace to Canada. Oh yeah. And everything that their stereotype is. So anyway, he shows up in London at the office of the sun, the newspaper, um, to deny that he killed a kitten. And they were like, no one was even looking for him. Nobody had mentioned him. So he just went up to be like, I'm not guilty. And they were like, we weren't even looking at you. Yeah. And then they were like, wait, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they later said like, he just like wanted the attention. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so two days later, the son's offices started getting threatening emails from a mystery person uh-huh. that said, quote, next time you hear from me, it will be in a movie I am producing that will have this, that will have some humans in it, not just pussies. <gasps> so that was that. So they start, but then they were like, which means, which at the very least means he's now fantasizing about doing the same thing to people. Exactly. So basically he's at, if he's writing about it in a movie, he's still thinking about he's it. He's like producing quote unquote a movie. Yeah. Right. And so all these people who were like, Oh, this is the first step in like something worse. Yeah. They're probably he literally right. admitted that he's on his way mm-hmm. to worse. So they like reported it to the police, but the police were like, there's nothing we can do at this point. Cause they were like anonymous letters at the time they were yeah. anonymous. Now they can trace them back. But at the time they didn't know, you know who that was or whatever. So in early 2012, um, investigators with that AB project, those 11 people that I told you about, yeah, um, got a tip that Magnata might have moved to Montreal. So they started searching through all his photos and like just obsessively looking through anything that could connect him to Montreal. And there was this one photo with like streetlights where they were like this. They were able to locate his location on Google street view, like on Google maps. <gasps> really? Yeah. On Google street view oh, based shit. on like the pattern of the street lights in one of his photos. So wow, that's mad impressive to the neighborhood. So these people were able to like locate the literal this intersection. Is like the, uh, the real, uh, this is like my dream job. I was going to say this is like this real Scooby-Doo gang. Yes. What are they called? I know it's the mystery machine, but what's there? The gang, the gang, <laughs> I thought the so, mystery right? gang. Sounds right. The mystery, the mystery machine. And, I was just called... I thought Scooby Doo and Friends. Sure. Okay. Scooby's gang. Um, so this is just like Scooby's day off. Yeah, this is like uh, Scooby in the 21st century. But also without Scooby. Sure. This is Scooby's gang in the 21st century. This is Fred and Velma in the 21st century. Okay, this is just Velma, actually, because we all Hooray. know she did it all. <laughs> Before she loses her glasses, this is Velma. Uh, <laughs> this is Velma with glasses. That should just be the name of maybe their with, gang. Maybe with contacts now, since it's... Uh, hey. You know? With corrective LASIK. With LASIK eye surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Chug the wine, chug the wine. Gotta take a swig. Okay. So they were able to track him to the specific, like, neighborhood in Mm -hmm. Montreal. Um, And around this time, uh, Magnata's online activity started getting, like, even crazier. So he started posting about necrophilia, sedatives, just, like, crazy shit. Um. Just do it. This is where it gets even worse. Like, Guys, you can't see Christine's face, but she's fucking losing it over here. Like you can't. The wine is getting closer and closer. I have both of my glasses <laughs> right here, <laughs> but you can't even think. Just, okay, just just do it. So from May fifteenth to sixteenth um, of that year, which was twenty twelve, uh, there were these references that started appearing online to a video called "One Lunatic, One Ice Pick." <gasps> oh no. Which wasn't a video that had even been posted yet, but all these sort of like weird references started popping up on um, 
like uh, forums okay. and discussion boards and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, one reference depicts a person in a purple hoodie with a fist holding an ice pick. On one site, a user asked, where can I watch the one lunatic, one ice pick video? And that's believed to be um, like similar to earlier patterns where Magnata would go on. Right, he's like trying to throw himself into the game. Right, would, would build buzz about a video using aliases before even posting any video. Uh, another post on May 16th on a psychiatric forum thread uh, under the name, the username Anonymous Girl 4 said, quote, Firstly, don't worry. I am not posting graphic details or links to the video. I am just curious as to what would possess somebody to do this sort of crime. There is a video of a guy around age 20 from San Francisco. He apparently made real snuff films that depict cannibalism and necrophilia along with a murder. I'm doing research on this, and I would very much appreciate any and all the advice and help you could give me. Is he a psychopath or antisocial or what? I know we don't have a lot of details, but based on the crime itself, thanks in advance. That was him posting about the video that hadn't even been. So people uh, are like, maybe he was trying to like self-diagnose or like nobody, yeah. nobody really knows what that was about. Um, Weird. But he like anonymously posted that. But again, like the video hadn't even been posted yet. Right, right, right. So after all of these like posts, um, his online activity appeared to just go black for a few days. I can see it in your eyes. On May 24th, Concordia University student June Lin fails to show up for his job. On May 25th, the following day, a video called One Lunatic, One Ice Pick is posted online. Oh, my God. It depicts a young man bound on a bed. Oh, my God. Initially alive and then lifeless. Um, Someone then repeatedly stabs the corpse with an ice pick proceeds to dismember the body with a knife, um, feed pieces of the body to a dog. Also, there are, uh, there's necrophilia and cannibalism involved as well. Oh my God. Four days later, staffers at conservative party headquarters in Ottawa receive a package containing a, uh, disembodied foot. God damn it. Your favorite. Is this like the 10th disembodied foot? There's something... Well, there's something. Just wait. Afterward, Montreal police find a torso. You know <gasps> That's how, even worse. You know how than I feel foot. about torsos. I know how you feel about a lone torso. There's a disembodied foot and there's a torso. So they find the disembodied foot, then they find a torso in a garbage pile in Montreal. I don't like that. I don't like that our two least favorite things came Both. from the same body. Same day, same body. And in Canada, that's disrespectful. <sighs> a day later. Uh, Montreal police named Luca, Luca Rocco Magnata as the chief suspect in the murder. Um, they saw him in post office footage and were able to track him to his apartment. So they searched the apartment, uh, which was mostly empty, but they found blood on the mattress, the refrigerator, the table, the bathtub, and other spots in the apartment. There was a closet, which on the inside of the door in red ink was written, quote, if you don't like the reflection, period, don't look in the mirror, period. I don't care. Oh. Just creepy. Uh, a few days later, police identified the victim. Uh, it was an international student from China named Jun Lin who was studying at Concordia University. Um, it was then confirmed that Magnata had fled to France right after the murder. 
So they actually were able to find him in a an internet cafe in Berlin where he was reading stories about himself on the computer. Oh, my God. He was literally reading articles about himself <clears throat> in the internet cafe. Ugh. The following day, two elementary schools in Vancouver received human hands and feet in the mail. <gasps> elementary school? Yeah. Oh, my God. The day before they, like, had school. Um, there were also severed hands, feet, and a head found near the Hollywood sign, but police declared there was no link to Magnata, so those were just, like, casual hands and just feet. no big deal. It's like, whatever, those weren't related. Right, right, right. Just thought I'd throw in another disembodied photo for you. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Um, on June 8th, Concordia University created the June Lynn Award. Um, his family said it, it says his death was a destructive blow that left them physically and psychologically spent. Um, reactions in China were actually highly critical. Some believe the murder was racially motivated um, because actually uh, the killing that killing was the second high-profile murder of a Chinese student there in um, like a year. Oh no! Yeah. So it, oh no, not good news for them. No. So Chinese Chinese the Chinese government like questioned public safety in Canada and that kind of thing, especially for student like young students. Yeah. Um. So his family was just devastated. It's really actually. Um, Magnata pled not guilty uh, to all charges. On April 12th, 2013, uh, Magnata was indicted on charges of first-degree murder, offering indignities to a human body, distributing obscene materials, using the postal service to distribute obscene materials, and criminal harassment. June Lin's father flew in for the trial, and he collapsed during the trial because it was just so... Oh, my God. So upsetting. Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Your son? They had, like, video footage, like video Ugh. evidence and that kind of thing. I wouldn't know what to do. There's no way I'd be able to handle that. I can hardly even talk about it. Um, on July 16, 2013, Edmonton police charged... Okay, so the website that he had posted, that um, Magnata had posted the video on, was called bestgore.com. And it was meant to be, like, fictional videos mm-hmm. that, uh, for people who, like, liked fucked up gory shit. Mm-hmm. Um but they, Edmonton police charged the owner of the website, Mark Marek, with, quote, corrupting morals because they said he knew that the video was of, like, a real murder oh, and disembodiment and necrophilia. Oh, no. um, and that, I guess, is a really rarely used obscenity charge, uh, corrupting morals. Right, because, like, how do you vet that? Exactly. So I guess that they charged him with that in 2013. Um Magnata, who's now 33, is currently serving a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. Um, I found an article in the Montreal Gazette online about the letters that he writes to, like, his many, quote-unquote, friends slash fans. Oh, my God. I know. And it's, like, really (laughs) fucking infuriating. Um, One letter said, quote, our doors are open 90% of the time. So, for me, I feel like I'm in a university setting. Um... He says he works about seven days in the prison kitchen, uh, and then he otherwise relaxes with art, music, sports, and reading. He said he bought Celine Dion's album and a lot of others. He has a stereo. He likes to suntan outside while listening to Celine Dion. Um, There's a photo of inside the prison where Magnata is dressed in casual clothes. He has a Versace shirt on, which I'm like, casual clothes? Yeah. Okay, me too. Right. (laughs) Sure. I'm sitting here... 
and you know he's in los angeles right. on my podcast with my casual versace shirt oh sure yeah it's like he's in prison for life but. you can get one on our patreon uh <laughs> our big cartel you can get a <laughs> and then that's why i drink <laughs> casual versace shirt <laughs> patreon for the low low price of three billion dollars can you imagine if we sold like <laughs> personalized versace shirt can you imagine if we got versace to sign off on us <laughs> posting a shirt that just says it's my casual wear. Like, <laughs> it's like casual brunch wear. Yeah. It's like Sunday, oh. relaxing Sunday shirt. That's horrifying. I can't even, never mind. We're not even going to go there. Okay. Uh, okay. And he also had like designer sunglasses on. Surrounded by other inmates, including a known pedophile named Jonathan LaFrance Rifford. Okay. Uh, the pris- uh, The photos also show the, uh, show him posing by his artwork and posters, including one of Marilyn Monroe, uh, on the walls of his cell, which looks sort of like a dorm room. Um, Apparently, uh, he had some complaints about certain doctors and guards um, in the chocolate section at the prison. Just going to let that sink in. But otherwise, he's enjoying his time in jail. Well, it sounds like it. Fuck. Um, If I were in jail and I was getting, like, the new album every week, I'd be having a good time, too. Listen, if I had a chocolate section anywhere, I don't care if it's in jail or, like, in my life. Right, yeah, right. If I had a chocolate section in my bathroom at work, I Life is good. Yeah, Yeah, I don't get to complain. That's all I want. Um, He ends a lot of his letters with, like, these, like, really upbeat farewell messages, like, quote, Love forever, your delicious little cupcake. XOXOXOXO. Does he dot his eyes with hearts? Oh, I'm sure. Gross. Um, you just like, it's like, how do I describe this for what is going on in my head? He just sounds like he's one of those guys that like somehow the world has literally come crashing down and he still has never had to understand the repercussions of anything he's done. Yes. Like, he's just like, what are you talking about? Life's great. And it's like, wake the fuck up. Like how do, yeah, but he doesn't like give a shit and which is like infuriating, but also a lot of people who've like analyzed these letters and stuff are like this guy has lived his life just like creating lies and falsehoods so like he might very well just be like bullshitting to be like yeah oh it's fine life is great and it's like so like how to like escape from like he's very aware of what he's done yeah or like to even fuck people over because a lot like all these letters kind of created a repercussion on the canadian prison system being like what like he's allowed to listen to celine dion while he's sunday you know what doesn't like a canadian jail in my mind <laughs> to me canadian jail is american luxury that's the first accurate statement right. <laughs> no the friendliest jail um he does write like a lot of letters uh this is one uh quote so all this chocolate for val apparently it's like a chocolate thing okay so all this chocolate for valentine's day is ruining my diet period lol period from jail from my canadian chocolate jail these fucking assholes said they would add Ferrero Rocher, and they didn't. Which, like, honestly, I'd be pissed about, too. But, whatever. Uh, they just want all their choices on the canteen. Some people are so fucking selfish, it pisses me off. And I'm like, oh, wow. So, another uh, letter said, quote, I went outside and played in the snow today and made a little snowman, LOL. I know it's juvenile, but it's still fun. Same with snowball fights. Ha, ha, ha. Thankfully, we have hot chocolate here. There's nothing about him that isn't juvenile. Also, was the hot chocolate Ferrero Rocher? Guaranteed no. <laughs> because people are so selfish. People, like, he want. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. It's like... He didn't want attention. He didn't want tabloids talking about no. him. He didn't want a serial killer for a girlfriend. 
He didn't no. want any of that. He just wanted his chocolate in jail. He just wanted some designer Italian hot chocolate. With his Italian designer glasses. How freaking hard is that? Like, just, it makes sense for them to be together. It's like Canada. Get your shit together. Canada, we know you're nice. We know you can make it happen. Uh, he also said they have pizza parties. Um, they get Italian food and ice cream and have movie nights. Um, and he gets to watch any movie he wants. So a lot of this, people are like... Bullshit. He's bullshitting. Bullshit, bullshit. Which makes the rest of everything else sound like bullshit, too. But, it, yeah, exactly. But it's also really sad because I guess a lot of the jails have go- come under, like, severe criticism. Oh, I would be pissed if I were, like, in charge. Like, if I mm-hmm. were, like... Can you imagine being the man's the yeah. man he killed's family who's, like, horrified and they're like, oh, oh great, he's suntanning in prison and he... We oh found the head I of our son in a in a lake fuck. in a local park. Who's the guy who um in Orange is a New Black, whoever the main guy is that Caputo. Right. If like that jails Caputo, I would be pissed Can if you imagine? like if, like if like I'm assuming it's all bullshit and it's just a normal jail. Right. And for to be under this kind of scrutiny of like, oh, you have like the least backbone of a jail in the world, like nothing's getting done under your watch. Like I would be so scared for my job. Yeah, because you're... Right, exactly. Because, like, your whole job and career and environment your is reputation. coming under fire. Yeah. yeah. Because of one guy who yeah. gets so much attention on the internet. It's like... So who knows? I mean, there, it's not, like, clear whether this is true or not. But a lot of people say, like, he's... Like, I mean, I think it's clear he's at least exaggerating, at right. the very least. But the Canadian uh, prison system also said they do allow... Um, like they do have ice cream and they do have like other things that he did talk, oh, talk so about. Right. So I don't know. Um, so, uh, this past June, he actually, so like two and a half months ago, Oh no. uh, he married a fellow convict. Okay. Named Anthony Jolin, who's serving a life sentence for killing an inmate named Kevin Winder at a Canadian prison in 2003, but they don't, they're not at the same prison. Um, They're like the, pen pals? Yeah. They were on a dating site for inmates. Okay. Uh, they're also not... <laughs> the article was like... <laughs> the article was like... Um, Magnata, Luca Magnata to be married but not able to consummate. Because they're like not allowed to consummate the marriage. <laughs> oh my god. Nor are they allowed to apparently meet their in-laws or anything like that. So they're not even allowed to like be in the same cell like spend the, so they don't even they've never actually met i think they've i think they can meet but they can't like live in the same cell they can't like oh no. meet each other's family they can't like consummate the marriage like there's nothing it's like it's just, just like a weird all right again people speculate it's like an attendant thing right right probably more than anything else it, <laughs> there goes just like that there goes christine's windscreen Anyway. Yeah. But people just kind of speculate it's more like an attention thing than anything else, which obviously is... Probably true. Believable. But yeah. So that's the story of uh, of this mofo. Great. Such a bad guy. Oh, yeah. His family, if you see the photos, it's devastating. I don't want to. I don't want to. His parents are like, we sent him to America for school, or to North America, to Canada for school, and he was like immediately murdered and dismembered and they found his head in the park in a by oh a god. river after an anonymous tip and his tw- it was and oh the, my god the video has him like did you watch the video no but they just there was an article that was like please don't read beyond here if you can't handle it and i was like bad bad it was bad it was really bad 
and his dad had, was in the court and had courtroom and had to hear every single detail from the prosecution about how his son had been dismembered and murdered and raped and whatever. It's it's really, 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 really upsetting. But his parents were like, he was our pride and joy. And Fuck. he's been taken from us. So it's very upsetting. See, at least because I, I researched the paranormal, very rarely is there a video to watch. And usually when it is, there's a bunch of YouTube comments about how it's fake. So like... Yeah. I'm sorry for what you have to go through for this podcast. <laughs> no. That's why you drink so much. It's it, exactly. <laughs> That's why. Let's as, blame that. As soon as I show up to her, Cord Christine's always already got her wine ready. And I'm like, what were you doing? And she's like, researching. And I'm like, oh, okay. Emma always looks at me like, uh, are you are you okay? Are we going to be funny now? Like, what's happening? Oh, before every episode, I'm like, all right, Christine, get ready to be funny. Like, <laughs> it's time to get in your uh, headspace. Mm. Anyway, he's in prison stunt tanning to Celine Dion, so. Great. I hope he has a stellar life. It life sounds like, is good. sounds like he's having a better one than me. Sorry, CK, that this had to be your episode. <laughs> he stopped listening forever ago. He's got his own podcast to worry about now. CK is a gem and a half. Um, is there anything else? Oh, I do have one more thing to say. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Guys, it's uh, good news for you. Guess who's going to be on the podcast next week? Who, Christine? Lisa Lampanelli. She's going to be uh, guest starring. Is she going to yeah. tell a story? Yeah, she's going to tell a story. Uh, I don't know if it's paranormal or true crime yet or both, but she's going to have her own story to tell on the podcast. Um, and it'll be a good time. She's so nice, and she's... She's such a gem. Every time we see her, she's just a, a real gem. She's like a real celebrity guest. Yeah, we have a... Wow, yes, good a for us. How we did it. Wow. All right. No offense, Allison, but this is our first celebrity guest. <laughs> she can't hear me. She, she has headphones in. Yay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we have, like, social media. Uh, <laughs> you can find us at... I, I just need a sip of one. Can uh, you tell okay. this part? Okay. Yeah. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at uh, ATWWD Podcast. We also have uh, an email address where you can send your listeners episodes. We do that at the first of every month. You can email at it, and that's why we drink at gmail.com. Uh, we have a website, and that's why we drink.com. You can also shop our merch at, and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com. And if you would like to be a donator, you can find us at Patreon on, and that's why we drink. Ooh, and, uh, oh. I guess our first Facebook Live will have already happened by the time this comes out. But we're doing... Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Wasn't it fun, guys? <laughs> we um... haven't done it yet. <laughs> but Let's... I okay. It was so fun. Right. We had so much fun. Let's pretend that we know exactly what's going to happen. Remember that time that one guy said that oh one thing? God. He remember? was so kind. It was so... And that other person. Remember how pretty... They called me so pretty, and I was like... Oh. I was like, oh, no, no. I think that was you drunk. You did that. Oh, I said that about myself. You said myself. it, and everyone just agreed to be nice. I said it, and then the reverberation, it, like, kicked back, and I was like, whoa. Right. Someone called me Remember pretty. that time that you just took over the whole show, and then Gio <laughs> and I left and never came back? Oh, that's... Oh, we, yeah, that's actually yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, anyway, we're doing a monthly Facebook Live for all Patreon donators, so if you want to donate, like, you know... Anything at all. Give us your credit card information. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That sounded really sinister. But also do it. But also do it because we have like wine glasses and uh, tote bags and tote and bags, buttons, koozies, buttons, car decals. Oh, bumper stickers. I thought you were saying cardigans. Like no, car decals. I will never make anyone wear a cardigan. Bumper stickers, 
We have stuff. We'll have cardigans someday. No, no. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, and that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. Bye. Oh. Oh. I just. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. Wait. Give me, it's not gonna. Wait. It's not gonna clink. Use, give me your other. Give wait, me your second wine glass. Use my gallon of. Uh, oh, here's two of my enema solution. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Sorry to the whole world. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.